Welcome to Recording With Us, Josh. <laughs> it's the worst. But this is Pine Sized Our History. And I've got Josh here, who's a new voice in Squid. It's old news. I am. I am both old and not news. Say hi, Josh. Hello. That's Beautiful. Josh. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, we will go back to recording weekly, posting bi-weekly. To be specific, I'm talking about a Fortnite. <laughs> We're going to play Fortnite? No. Yes, on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Riveting sound landscapes. It'll be so exciting. Commonly referred to as soundscapes. Someone will be there narrating like it's a golf tournament. So very quietly in a calm voice saying what's happening. Um, but today we're talking about things that are not calm and probably did not have calm voices. And I actually have to put like a content warning and a please don't be a dumbass and do these things in front of this. So please don't be a dumbass and do these things. Okay, so. Today we'll be talking about spectacles. Were we supposed to ASMR before we got into the actual? Probably. We haven't started drinking yet. Okay, hold on. What are you drinking, Squid? Or maybe drinking, since you're not sure you want it that early in the day. It's 3 p.m. It's not even that early in the day. It's just warm. Um, I have the Ale Smith Brewing Company Speedway Stout. And here we are. Are we ready? Excuse me, Josh. Pardon me. Perfect. All over my hand. Love Hopefully that. Hopefully not your mic. Well, maybe. And then I am drinking Bang Bang Pie Works. Key lime pie, the beer. Okay, my turn. That was also very loud. Much better than I did. Debatable. So, Josh, have you ever heard of a spectacle when it comes to art history? Um, No, I don't think so. Do enlighten me. Okay. What would be your best guess? I mean, a spectacle can be, like, something that's going on that's, like, strange or weird or just draws a crowd, pretty much. Nice. That's pretty close. So, uh, I put the, the example of you're making a spectacle of yourself because it is, like, a visually striking performance or display. A scene regarded in terms of its visual, an event, or scene regarded in terms of its visual impact. And Squid mentioned earlier this week, or the week before, I don't know, I don't know time, um, had mentioned happenings. Good old happenings. Yeah. So it's, all spectacles are happenings, but not all happenings are spectacles. No, the other way around. All spectacles are happenings? That doesn't seem accurate. One of those. I feel like all happenings would be spectacles, but not all spectacles are happenings, because happenings have, like, a... But spectacles are wild, and they're not all happenings. So are happenings, though. Not all happenings are wild, though. Right. Not all happenings are wild. All spectacles are happenings, but not all happenings. Do, do flash mobs count I think, I think as right. happenings now? Are flash mobs our current happening? Are, are flash mobs currently happening? I hope not. not. Stay apartment. home. It's Better a pandemic. <laughs> you know the new Cinderella movie is doing flash mobs for marketing, and it's the worst. Oh yeah, thing. I saw that. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, but in this case, we're talking about they're very similar. They're temporary and ephemeral. An event that is memorable for the appearance or the scene it creates, and a type of performance art. But not all performance art is a spectacle. So, who we're going to be talking about today is American artist. Chris Burden. Uh, 
we'll talk about other spectacles later on in the podcast, but not this episode. So this is just your introduction to spectacles. Uh, so he was born April 11th, 1946 in good old Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. Boston. Um, and then he died in May, May 10th, 2015 at 69 years old. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go back to when he was a child and his defining moment. That made him interested in the art he created. He was involved in a motorcycle scooter crash in Michigan. Can you please de- define for me what the difference between a motorcycle crash, a scooter crash, and a motorcycle scooter crash would it be? Should, it should be motor scooter. I just failed at okay. saying it correctly. I was just kind of concerned about maybe it was a scooter, like, you know, a razor, <laughs> and a motorcycle, which sounds... Is someone right. made into one? No, the, no, no, no. Like, they crashed into each mm. other. No, it was a motor scooter crash. In which case, he was severely injured. At 12 years old, brought to the hospital and had to have emergency surgery, which they could not perform with anesthesia. Yeah. And so they performed it without anesthesia. And his healing process is what led him to find his passion for art. Pain is art. It really is. Which, as we get further in here, you're going to see that influence very, very well. So... He started performance art in his 20s while he attended the University of California in Irvine, California, as you can guess. Um, And he centered his work around personal danger as an expression. So the first one he did that really people talk about is called the Five Day Locker Piece. It was done in 1971 when he was 25 years old. It was his master's thesis. And he started it on Monday, April 26th. And ended it on Friday, April 30th. And just by the name, I'm sure you can you can guess what this one might be about. So here's the locker set up in which, which he had for this piece. It was actually the lockers in uh, the art building. It's two feet tall by two feet wide and three feet deep. And what he did was he took a section of three of those. You know, he didn't take them out, but he picked a section of three of those. And he put five-gallon water bottles in the lockers above him and below. The one above was for water, and the one below was for pee. Good. Um, Yeah, so he squeezed himself there in the locker in the middle. Um, And before this, he talked to a doctor to, you know, because before you do anything dumb with your body, including exercise, as all the commercials tell you. Yeah, dumb. Check with your... Check with your doctor first. And the doctor said, this is a terrible idea. You could get blood clots and you could be paralyzed. So don't. Um, But instead, he decided he was going to fast for several days in preparation. Much healthier. Yeah. Yeah. Just going along with it. He was like, I I met with my doctor. I got his advice and I have decided to ignore it. Um, So he started it. Don't pay attention to that. Like I said on my. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) He started it on a Monday, went until Friday, which meant. School was happening around him at this college during the time. And so the discussion of the piece continued around him. Students talking about it. People arguing about it. Campus police and the dean were debating on ending it early because they're like, we can't have a student die on our campus. No. How old How old was he at this time? He was 25. My body hurts just thinking about that. Yeah. Two feet by two feet by three feet. Were the doors open? No. He locked himself in there. How did he get the water? He had a hole in it above so he could drink it, and then a hole below and a tube, I'm pretty sure, attached to each of those. He fasted for 
Three days leading up to this? Seven days. For seven days. Several days, not oh. exactly specific. Okay, so several he days. fasted for several days and then spent five more days not eating. Yep. Good. That seems healthy. Sounds well, he probably just didn't want to have to figure out what he'd have to do if he had to pu- poop. He's like, I can handle peeing, but I don't think I can poop in this locker. Hmm. Well. You got to strategize about these things. I am currently thinking about it. He's running through pros and cons right now. Yeah, it's a mess. It would have been. This is his, uh, his, his little play card for it. So Chris Burden, UC, I, University of California, Irvine, Art Studios, room 167, locker five, which is the one he was in, April 26th to 30th, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., which I'm guessing the 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. is the amount of time that the school was open, the building was open. So that's when people could visit him. He stayed locked inside regardless the whole time. As far as they know. Yeah. But maybe it's like one of those Bear grill situations where once the camera's off... He gets to have a he spot. He wanders in. out and gets himself a granola bar. And, and relaxes, stretches, yeah. does some yoga. I'm just saying, who was there after 10 p.m. to know? I don't know. But I know that the art studios is not the best place to do any sort of work. I did one of my art pieces in the art studio area and it included a disposable camera and I got a dick pic <laughs> on good. a good old digital dis- not digital I film disposable story. camera and then Walgreens destroyed it I am sorry to that Walgreens employee who had to develop a dick pic that I didn't know was there it was just supposed to be ceramics you know if you're listening it's not your fault it's also not my fault I almost enlarged that photo and then put it on the wall and put several copies all around that spot and be like, this is what's left of my art piece. Thank you. <laughs> you took a picture and it said it was for public, so. Well. Yeah. It's its whole new art piece. Mm-hmm. Called the dick who ruined my art. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on, though. So he did that one. He came out. Um, the school ended up allowing him to do it in the full and at the end, he said he had feared about his vulnerability and what a crazed person could do to him when he was stuck in that locker. So, like, you know, it has, like, the holes and stuff in it. So I don't know if he was afraid um, of, like... I'm sorry, oh. sir. Have you not realized that the crazed person in this situation is... You. You? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't making the best decisions to begin with. We know who the crazy person here is. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he didn't stop there. So... The same year, he also did another performance piece, which is really probably one of his more well-known pieces. It's called Shoot. It was recorded and presented both in, like, film and uh, both photography and motion film. It was November 19th at the F-Space Gallery, which was an off-campus warehouse of UCI uh, that was converted into a gallery for students. And so this is almost exactly how it sounds. And Squid, I have to know. If I asked you to shoot me for an art piece, would you? Non-lethally, please. That's the whole point of it. Hmm. Good question. Would you have good enough aim? Oh, yeah. I'd be able to aim well enough. Um, where would I have to shoot you? In a gallery. In the, <laughs> in the arm. Okay. What gun would you use? A twenty-two. That's exactly what they used. Yeah, that would be... Yeah. I, anything more than that, you're not going to be... I mean, even with the twenty two, you're not necessarily going to guarantee non-lethal, but you're going to have bigger problems if you use anything else. Yeah. 
This gave him bigger problems later, and we'll get into I'm, that. I'm sure. But, <laughs> so he had a friend non-lethally shoot him with a twenty-two from about 15 feet away. Josh, would you shoot Danny? No. Thanks, Josh. Would you shoot me? No. No. Would If you did have to shoot us, would you have good enough aim? Um, I mean, maybe I'd purposefully miss. Wow. Oh, not like miss the arm. <laughs> you no, no, actually, me. I would not. That was not what I meant. <laughs> no. Oh, she's using like a twenty-two like rifle. A, a, I'm pretty sure that's a man in the seventies. Okay, with- <laughs> he is using a twenty-two rifle. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just standing there. He's ready for it. Yeah, it almost looks like he's been shot already in this picture. So we're looking at a picture of this. It's the warehouse gallery. He's standing against a blank wall. In, like, a t-shirt, the man shooting him looks very 70s with... Bell-bottom. Like, high-water bell-bottoms. Heck, yeah. Scooby-Doo long shirt? What does that mean? It's like the shirt Shaggy wears. The long-sleeve shirt. Shaggy doesn't have a long-sleeve shirt. Who am I thinking of? Fred? No. Fred's wearing a sweater. Yeah, it looks like a 70s sweater. It does look like a 70s sweater. So, here he is, having been shot... Through the arm. He looks like a baby. He does. He you does. know, he looks like a young Sebastian Stan. Kind of does in that picture. And so, as for, like, the aftermath of this, here he is in another one where he's getting patched up. And he looks like he's maybe made some poor decisions. Yeah, he looks like there's, looks there's like not he's... a whole lot left upstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a little concerned. Um... But in the future, many works were inspired by this particular oh piece. Yeah. Including a piece of simulated including Russian roulette performed Russian by a UCLA performance arts student performance in 2014 during the time that Burden was teaching there. The student was possibly his, I think it was, in his performance art class. And supposedly how it went down and the way things were handled. Burden ended up retiring from UCLA, saying that it was co-opting, demeaning, and parodying of his work. And that it created a hostile work environment that the school did nothing to take care of. Imagine shooting someone, creating a hostile environment. Right. And no one ended up shot in that. The kid didn't get shot. He just simulated it. I don't know whether or not there was actually a bullet in there. I really expected you to be like, and then someone died. I think he was, I think he, I think was, he was probably mostly concerned about that because... It sounds like he's he's fine doing this with himself, but he doesn't like the fact that his actions inspired someone else to do. Well, don't teach at the school then. Right. Stupid. <laughs> like, ima- like, imagine not wanting to inspire someone else to do something, but then choosing teaching as a profession. Yes. <laughs> Retiring and outraged. When I was in your place as an art student, I got my friend to shoot me. I didn't terrorize my professor by making him watch. But I would have if I thought of it. Yeah. It kind of felt like he he was a little mad that someone else was both copying him and then realizing the stress he'd put on other people. Freaked him out. I would just find it hard to believe that he would... I mean, I never met the guy. I don't know. But the face that I'm looking at right now isn't a face that says, I'm regretful of the stress I've caused other people. No. No. It's like, I can't believe I did that. My body is in shock. Who has my foil blanket? (laughs) The one I personally think of the most, which is where... The Speedway beer comes in. My bang bang beer comes in with this on the shoot. The Speedway one is transfixed. So in 1974, Burden invited 15 of his friends, 
who had no idea what was about to happen. So talking about inflicting this onto other people. And his attorney to a garage in Venice, California. Yeah. He climbed... 15 friends and a lawyer walk into a garage. Right. Nothing good happens. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would be worse if it was downhill, but... Oh. He climbed shirtless he climbed onto the bumper of a baby blue Volkswagen parked in the garage and laid on his back, face up, in the cross position. So he splayed his arms back against the hood. And he had his attorney nail his hands with a nail to eat the top of the, bu- top of the bug. Are we talking nail gun or, like, hammer and nail? Hammer and nail. Pretty sure. Hammer and nail. There he is. There he is. The modern Jesus. Not a Volkswagen bug. Except he ain't dying for anyone since. No. He's just making his own. We can't escape religion on this podcast, I don't think. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. We talk about it every time. Yeah. He's the one who posed like Jesus was shirtless. So. This is true. I mean, obviously. Yeah. He is going for that crucifixion. He's like, I am. I, um... Did he prepare himself for this at all? Like. He Nothing for in the sense. Days again. <laughs> uh, not that I know of. He went out into the wilderness <laughs> and just sat with himself. <laughs> Put together that bug with his bare hands so he could respect it from the ground <sighs> up before he nailed himself to it. I just like you know like circus performers that hang from nails and stuff. Mm-hmm. They prepare themselves for those kinds of things, right? Yeah. He looks pretty tranquil in that still photo. I mean, this is the guy who had it on. And anesthesia, I don't know how to say that, operation. Yeah, an operation. Without at him. age 12. And right. And pretty much screwed up his whole life from there. Right. He was like, you know what pain does? Nothing for me. I'm going to show the world. Yeah. That I can use it for my art. Which, I mean, I, again, don't do this, but it is an interesting piece of work to to do so. And, like, I get where he's going, but there are ways to do it without bodily harm where is he going uh about right outside the garage the bug was pushed right oh, outside oh the you garage. mean like where he's actually going yeah uh, it was pushed right outside of the garage onto speedway avenue where it was turned on and the engine was ran at full throttle out of gear and then it was turned back off and pushed back into the garage see when you said i know where he's going with this i didn't think you actually meant i physically know where he's going with this look I thought you were like, ah, yes, I understand the artistic vision that he had and what he intended for the piece. Well, in this case, like, this was a year before he stopped. So really, I think, in part of this, part of me is like, I have no flipping clue. But the other part of me that's like, listen to your your art history degree, is that literally he's put himself, crucified himself on the vehicle of his own art so that he could bring it to the next level. Which was no level. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well just, like... I'm surprised he didn't, like, actually, like, have someone go out and drive it. Right. Um, run the engine and then turn it off. But then it becomes the... You talk about, like, where it's going as part of the piece, rather than you bring it out, you run it at a full, which, which shows the difference between him being so tranquil, laying there in silence, and the car... If you've... I just like thinking of this and like the engine revving. All it could make me think is when it's out of gear, any car that has gears, you do that. It sounds like it's going to explode at full throttle. You do it too long. It will explode. So the fact like he's 
nailed himself to a piece of art, basically, and become this piece of art. And he's, I mean, he's also over the engine. Thing. Yeah, on a bug specifically. Yes. Yeah, the bugs have the engines at the back. And a lot of his stuff, even if it is about self-inflicted pain, or in the case of like this, most of his pain stuff, someone else is inflicting it on him. He never hammers his own nails into him. He doesn't. Well, it'd be harder himself. to do the second one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but by which I mean. He's inflicting that on himself, which makes sense why he might be mad that the student was causing potential permanent pain to themselves by themselves rather than involving other people in his his work other than just as spectators. Then again, his master's project was literally locking himself in right. a locker, and he did that to himself. Right. He was baby-stepping himself into these things. And, like I said, after 1975, he stopped doing pieces that involved himself putting himself into personal danger. And went, honestly, I, I, this is what I think of. So I didn't look too much into the other pieces he's done since. But there's, he still does performance pieces. He does sculptural work. But he doesn't do personal danger or personal injury as a theme. That was mostly through college and then a few years following. Hmm, indeed. I can only imagine. <laughs> and it looks like it hurts really bad. I mean, it doesn't look like it hurts. There's his hands. Which, it looks like they nailed right between the tendons, so hopefully didn't cause any permanent damage. If he's still working on stuff, then I can't imagine it. No, he died. He did. <laughs> and I think I saw a picture online that someone had posted. Um, I was going to look and see, because there was a piece that, not even a piece, but here's, here's something when he passed. Someone, uh, they went to that locker, yeah, the same locker at the college when he passed, people posted. Rest in peace, Chris. We miss you already. 5-11-2015. Well, they, you, you would think so if someone spent seven days in their peeing. How bad would you feel if you had locker right below it? The one that was the pee locker? <laughs> ah, yes. I get the pee locker. <laughs> someone probably wanted it. Like, someone is probably like, I want Someone has one. it. It looks like your locker. Look at that perfect lock. No, I don't want the pee locker. <laughs> I like how there's like nondescript locks on most of these, and then it's like, ah, yes. Fancy lock. Fancy lock. Yeah. But. Why do you I think just... he had his attorney nail him to the car? Probably because the attorney could be the one to say something if anything went wrong and be in charge there, especially if he caused traumatic harm to his friends who were standing outside that he invited but didn't tell what was going to happen. I mean, he would probably be like, and yes. Prior to this, we did make sure he was of sound state of mind, Debatable. which he's clearly not. But, like, if you want to nail yourself to a car. Don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Solid advice from Josh. If Remember you, the disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do, it. do it. Definitely don't do it to my car, please. Your <laughs> <laughs> um, car is not a baby blue Volkswagen. Yeah, well, I'm not. I mean, I don't care what color the car is. I'm just saying in general, if you want to nail yourself to a car, like power to you, I guess. But it's, I, yeah, spectacles, man. What does it really? I guess the question would be, what does art really accomplish in general? But right, I mean, all I can think of is people talk about like art is something that makes you feel something, even if it's anger or pain or confusion. I don't like that description of art, but yeah, <laughs> that's a different episode. <laughs> And art's funky. Like, a lot of people wouldn't call this art. I would be one of them. <laughs> I mean, I mean. <laughs> and 
in him too, it sounds like, later on in life. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely performative. Right. But I don't know that I would call it art. Everything is performative. Most things are performative. Mm-hmm. But that's Chris Burden. And the wildness that is the spectacle. It's not even the most wild spectacle I've heard about. I know exactly what spectacle you're talking about, and you don't want to scar everyone else in this room. No. That'll be for a different podcast, too. Yeah. Maybe no podcast. it out in the middle of your parents' Pat- living room. Patreon-exclusive podcast. <laughs> for a few dollars a month. No. <laughs> no. We'll recreate it. No. <laughs> She's not talking about... I would more so let you shoot me in the arm and recreate that in my non-tattooed arm. Okay. I could I could do that. Look, yeah. For you? I would do that. <laughs> I feel like I'd bleed too much. He didn't look like he was bleeding that much. I mean, the at 22 is not really going to do that much. Right. Perfect. Well, we'll wrap it there then. This has been a very short pint-sized podcast. Because how long can we... Well, we could talk forever about people shooting themselves. I could... Their friends shoot you them know, or I could talk about that. how much I but, hate art. Welcome to my art history podcast where I invite people who hate art on it. Oh, I hate this art, maybe. That's fair. Look, we have to, you can talk shit about art the entire time we talk about Pollock. Because I will be talking shit the entire time we talk about Pollock. But what if I don't want to talk that time? Well, then you can suck it and talk in your free time. (laughs) Anyways, if you want to also talk shit about stuff with us, you can email me. The shit talking at pintsizedarthistory at gmail.com or tweet at me at pintsizedpod on Twitter or pay me money on Cash App so Squid doesn't have to buy the beers for these episodes anymore when I run out of money on Thursdays. We know, take a picture of yourself inside a locker and send it to us. No, we said specifically not to do that at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> no recreating anything in here. What you can do is review us and make it sound like you're stuck in a locker and this is the only thing you have to listen to, though. Yeah. I'm sorry. Goodbye! Bye! Bye. An event that is... Oh, fuck.